Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with myself, Audrey Naidu. A local shout out to everyone at home at this time. Hoping you are keeping safe as we're experiencing the third wave of COVID in South Africa. We are going to get through this, guys. According to the recent IB Internet Revenue Report conducted by PwC, the South African Internet Advertising Revenue grew by 18% in 2020 with a total revenue of $4.7 billion. The big question is how are marketers measuring the effectiveness and efficacy of their marketing investment? What defines success? Are we still measuring on vanity metrics considering we have access to more sophisticated tech and analytics tools at our disposal? Today we get to speak to Neil Percy, marketing data consultant at Measurebyte, with over 15 years experience in analytics, data-driven marketing and strategic leadership. Neil specializes in creating best-in-class analytics strategies, capabilities, teams, and measurement solutions. Previously head of digital performance and shareholder in RAW Group before becoming an independent consultant in November 2020. Good morning, Neil. Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Audrey, and thanks for thanks for having me. Great honor to be on this on this call with you. Uh, Neil, you are a specialist and SME in the area of analytics and data driven marketing with 15 years of experience behind you how did you come to land in this space and what drives this passion <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure traditional i don't have a traditional background i come from a quite an entrepreneurial uh, background and you know back when i was about 21 i started a little business and actually just struggled to get uh, website traffic to the to the site and through that i just started exploring and um, from there I, I just realized that actually i've got more passion around the data side of things and stopped that business and started a little business called web growth in back in 2006 and since then just very been very passionate about about the analytics side understanding user behavior understanding consumer and customer intent. I think that's really what it's down to. I think um, what I've discovered over the last few years is actually what, I, what I'm really passionate about is, is digital transformation because a lot of what I do enables and empowers that, that journey for, for brands is that taking that data and then, and then being able to translate it into something usable and, and use it to, to, for businesses to um, grow, their, grow their online presence and, and, and product and be able to pivot into, into different areas. So the, the analytics space is, is, a, is a great place to, to figure out digital transformation and, and that journey. That's interesting that you bring up analytics and digital transformation together. I don't think many marketers consider that in their approach. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of traditional, you know, marketing, and um, I think it's now becoming a digital first or even like a mobile first. And and there's a big chasm between traditional and and and, and digital. So, you know, traditional marketers now need to understand digital and 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 the metrics that um, that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> no, definitely. So let's. With that said, let's step into the topic. What do you think is the fundamental root cause to the issue at hand? 
uh, we're talking about the marketer's measurement dilemma. What's going on in the industry right now? Well, you know, it's, it's just there's so much data and out there. And there's also, you know, you've got different teams, you've got different departments, different suppliers. And I always say that they actually unintentionally they've created silos, not because, it, and it's not intentional. It's just because they're all trying to, to prove their, their value. Um, and then what happens is, I think that's where the, this term vanity metrics comes in, is because they just, you know, people are, are throwing metrics of department are trying to put, put these pieces together and it's fragmented. So that's, that's really what, what, what the challenge is right now is to try and unify, unify the data and make sense of it. I'm going to ask you a simple question, and a mm-hmm. lot of people grapple with this when, I mean, I talk about vanity metrics all the time, but I think people mm-hmm. struggle with the definition of what is vanity metrics and uh, why should we measure it or not measure it? What is your opinion on that? It comes down to purpose. So the, the metric that you're presenting, visualizing, it needs to speak to the purpose, whether, you know, down to the objective. So I always, you know, always go back to the objectives. Like, what is the objective? And why is this metric here? Why is that metric speaking to that objective? And if it's not speaking to that metric, potentially falling into the vanity metric space. Um, so there are, I mean, there are some traditional vanity metrics that actually, if, if put in the right way, makes sense because it needs to speak to the, the objective. But um, I think that's that's the best way to classify it. It has to align to to the the purpose of what you're trying to tell in in the story, in the data story. So, if you have to define vanity metrics, if I had to define vanity metrics, it's well, it's it's low value, low value. The reason why I'm asking you mm. this is because I'm noticing that many brands are still using media metrics as a proxy to the campaign success. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, so here's an example, right? Um, CPM. Okay, for me, that's, that's, a, that's a vanity metric because CPM isn't really giving you anything. It's, it's quite a, it's a, it's a technical metric, but it adds no value to how a brand's going to grow. And, and that's what I'm after. I'm after metrics that uh, well, what we should be after is, is how, how, brands, how brands grow, right? And a CPM, is, it doesn't tell me that in, in that instance. So, and we can, we can go into a little, bit deta- a little bit more detail later on because I think there's, there's, there's a point there that we need to make a little bit later around um, the different types of, of metrics across paid, owned, and earned. But um, CPM is a, is a classic example and I come across it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to going deeper into that because I have my own thoughts around it. But um, mm. you recently did a poll on LinkedIn on the subject, uh, which is how you and I met. And your question was, what, in your opinion, is the number one marketing challenge that needs to be solved? Can you share with us what yeah. was the result of this poll and some of the comments emanating from this? Yeah, so, so the four options I gave were um, around the challenges was um, data privacy, siloed reporting, marketing ROI, and a lack of insights. For me, those were the, that's the starting point to, to address the challenges. And I mean, the first, the first point is, okay, so the, the number one, that um, being able to create the awareness, because I think everyone's trying to do their own thing 
um, and, in, and and professing to have it right. But I think no one's really getting it right 100%. I think it's, it is a journey. Um, and by creating the awareness, we get better and better at, at, at making these decisions. And, and when it comes to ROI, and then you have the whole debate around, you know, the cookie and, and the death of the cookie and how do you, because then it's, it becomes an attribution conversation. How do you, how do you, um, how do you measure attribution? And, and I think that's going to degrade over time um, and accuracy or the, the amount of data that you're going to have over time is going to decrease. And what is the alternative? What is the alternative to, to measuring ROI? And, and for me, what I'm seeing and the conversations that have come from that is measuring impact. Um, being able to measure impact is, is going to be critical. So it's not a case of one plus one equals two, but it's more around correlation um, and not so much causation. I think the better you become at measuring it, and, and again, it's maturity and it's a journey, but the better you can become at, at understanding the correlations in data from, from driving an awareness campaign through to acquisition, if you do X at awareness, does it filter down into consideration and, and, and acquisition? And we can, when you can find those correlations, that when, that's when you can measure impact. So for me, that's that's really the the outcome is from from that from that poll is is understanding impact and and having conversations around that because because also the other thing just on that poll is that depending on who you are, um, ROI means different things as well. If you're mm-hmm. a CMO, ROI is, is one view. If you're head of digital, and ROI is, is another view. And if you're a technical specialist managing paid media, then ROI is different to you as well. So there's different views and it, and it comes down to your individual KPIs and, and what that looks like for you um, because ultimately you, so you, you need to be able to measure ROI um, as to what you do as an individual and your contribution back to the business. So ROI is, is, is many layers to it and um I think it, it needs to start at the right place. For me, the the right the right starting point is CMO because they they kind of hold that um, that mantle and and it can filter them from top down into the team. But the CMO ne- really needs to understand what what their ROI is first. Yeah, I think you make a, a pertinent point around ROI. For me, it's it's quite elusive that it's a loosely used term. Uh, people actually don't consider yeah. what RI means for their uh, own businesses. And then secondly, it's multidimensional. So you did bring up an important point in terms of the customer journey. It's from the ad to the action that you want the customer to take. It's not a, it's not a linear journey anymore, which is mm-hmm. why you brought in the attribution conversation. Um, so understanding that is quite complex. You would need a set of expertise, but you need the right tools and tech to support um, your mandate that you're trying to drive. And I think very often marketers tend to look to the media agency to solve all the problems for them. And due to the fact that it is a cross function, that is not only the responsibility of marketers to get this done, it becomes a, an even more uh, 
a challenge for organizations to get this right. Um, what what I'm seeing is that marketing cannot function in isolation anymore. We are at a strategic point of inflection. Um, so there is a symbiotic relationship with the channel guys, with the analytics teams, with the data teams, because underpinning all of this is setting up the right foundation for success. So it's not simple as saying, uh, you know, marketers need to be accountable for the investment. That's correct. But they also mm. need to understand that there is this whole lot of work that needs to be done in the background. And to your initial point, it's not a destination, it's a journey. Yeah. What's, you, you reminded me of something when you, said, when, you, when you made a point there. I think the, the one thing when it was across departments, when, you, when you're talking sales, because now you have to integrate sales, I think the, the pressure on CMOs is, is massive now to, to show ROI. Um, and very simplistically, ROI is you know, attributed, you know, the, the, the marketing efforts attributed into, into sales. Now, the, that's the key, is to link sales or marketing efforts into sales, right? And, and what that comes down to is marketing operations. I always go back to you know, the people aspect of it because the, it's the people that are going to break down those silos and, and that intention to break it down. Because you're going to have to get marketing working with the with the, the the digital team or the digital intelligence team or the BI team, you're going to have to get them in working with the sales team, and all that is is linked now. So the marketing operations for me is is becoming really important to solve, um, and and I think that's what that's what we we need to think about is how we start connecting the dots, and and it's and it requires someone with a I guess with a technical knowledge of of the broader landscape of of tech plus the operational people aspect to to get the to get the momentum and the traction inside the building 100% i completely agree with you when you were at ra as head of uh, digital performance how did you manage the measurement components with your clients what conversations were you having with them so what we did was I think the 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 formula there was around um, it was it was around that's when I realised why I think I'm actually just inclined to be a, a digital transformational person. I, I enjoy that enjoy that role, and I think what we did right there was, and what they are doing right now is is being able to take their client on a journey and getting right back to the basics of those metrics that matter um, to key st- stakeholders, i.e. The, the CMO and the heads of departments, and then taking them on that journey and being able to visualize the data correctly. Because I think I think the, the, the challenge coming into Hurrah, the, the challenge for me was to to get rid of this the, the negative um, sort of sentiment around a dashboard because a dashboard is a dashboard and no one re- really looks at a dashboard, right? And and when when someone is taken along a journey as to how to build that and 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 their input, they become owners of of that data as well because if the dashboard then fails, then they also fail. So if you take them along a journey, they they're more inclined to to be a part of that. So. For me, it was getting down to the basics and 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 stripping out those vanity metrics, breaking down the silos, and that is that is has its challenges. Even as an agency, like because you're you're in a silo in, in, in within yourself. So the first thing was okay. Well, let's break silos around um, paid, 
and and owned and earned because that's you know hurrah is also a creative agency a data-led creative so just breaking that down internally um with traditional um or or, or marketers that come from uh, other agencies you know you have to break down those habits and 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 and, and create new habits so there were even silos within within hurrah and like any other agency so breaking that down was critical and then moving that across into into clients and then taking them along that journey because the the clients ultimately needs to make also be a part of the decision making. I don't think it can just be the the agency. Um, the the client also needs to see the data and be involved and and find those insights uh, with with the agency. I think it's it's a collective. So like I said, like if you if if that client or the brand is is invested in the data and understands the data, the, the success of of that of that the the reporting and the data project will be a lot more successful. From experience, it's it's about the input of data and the outflow of data. So, from an agency standpoint, is you need data from clients, mm-hmm. especially when you're driving a performance objective. For example, yeah. what's their target? You know. What is the customer lifetime value? So you need to bring in finance into that conversation. How was that experience for you? Yeah, yeah there, there are. I mean, so so I always believe, and the one thing that we always try to do is to say that the client owns the data, right? Um, as an agency, we just a facilitator of that data and we manage the data for them, but ultimately they own it. But the, the I think the, the best relationships between agency and and client is when client trusts the agency with their data um, because the 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 more b- business data you can bring into into reporting um, and I'm talking sales data into into performance uh, data then um, media performance data the, the better the, the the insights become. So for me, that was always the, the challenge, right? It's, and that's where the education part comes in, is to say to the, to speak to the brand around how to bring that how to bring that business data in is is critical. Let's talk about tech, data, and analytics. Mm, what yeah. is the interrelationships between these three? Because all three are critical for success. Yeah, and all equally complex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I think I mentioned it earlier, you know, so you have you have the tech side and that's you have to embed the right tech, right? Um and then you build process around the tech. I think I've seen I've seen companies invest a lot in tech and then it no one uses it. The adoption is is poor, just like what we do from a from a data reporting perspective. If you if you don't build the right processes around it, adoption is going to be poor. So the key thing around tech is to build process and to get multiple stakeholders. And, and it comes down to KPIs because I always say people are invested in their own KPIs. So if you if you have a, a, a tech um, piece in your business, someone has to be responsible for it. And then so that's the embedding part and and and, and process. The the data side is now like you've got the tech and now you're collecting the data. The data quality is is critical, right? Um, and that comes down to habits. So if you've got good processes, you've got good habits, and good habits equals good data. 
which then is that third piece around analytics, because your analytics is going to be poor um, if if the data quality is is poor. So that's why I say it's all you know people and people and process are more important than the data and the tech. Um, so you can't just look at tech in, in isolation. So then from an analytics piece, I think most companies, I'd say from what I've seen are all, you know, in hindsight and they're just collecting data and they're looking at hindsight and they're trying to find insights in hindsight where companies need to go and they can only go there if, if the, the quality is quality of the data is good is to go into foresight and predictive. Um, and that's really, you know, that's the, <laughs> That's the holy grail of data is to get into the predictive side of things. Um, again, it's a journey um, and, it's, and it's small marginal wins over time to get to that place. So over time, will you be able to automate this process? Yeah, to some extent. Um, I think you always need humans um, to, to manage and to QA and to validate. Um, and you need technical knowledge to build the architecture. But yes, I think there's definitely there's technology out there that that can automate a lot, which is amazing because then I think we shouldn't be as humans be doing anything manual around reporting and and, and that stuff. That should all be automated. And then as the humans, we're using human intelligence to provide the the real insights, which is going to provide the 10x growth. Yes, and technology can provide insights, but I I don't think tech has quite cracked it yet. I think, you know, human intelligence and context and nuances are still needed to to surface those um, and to be able to tell the story because ultimately a decision needs to be made, right? And you could have the best insights in the world, but if no one actions them, then they're worthless. So um, there's always going to be a need for human intelligence laid on top of all this data. And from your experience, having worked with multiple different clients across verticals, which brands or verticals are getting this right or putting more effort and uh, investment into this? I think, well, I won't tell you the brands that are getting it wrong, but, okay, I'll, tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you the brand, well, from experience, what I've seen. I would say AB and Bev, you know, so what we did at Hurrah is we we built the internal um, internal agency called Draftline and we took it from like a team of 10 to over 100 people in the space of 12 to 18 months, 12, 15 months. And just being exposed to their, their way of thinking, I think it's, it's, it's leaps and, and bounds ahead of, of a lot of companies and um, they're just very strategic in, in how they, how they value audience um, audience and creative is critical. So that team that we built was, was basically bringing a lot of audience intelligence into their, into their marketing. So for me, they, they, the, they're the front runner um, when it comes to um, measurement and, 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 and brand marketing. I think they they're able they they they're getting to a point where they can start understanding what's driving salience and 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 brand awareness um, that mental availability that that brands are after. Yeah, kudos to AB and Bev. Um, are there any other verticals that you believe are moving in the right direction? 
Um, from a vertical perspective, I would say FM, I mean, FMCG, I think, you know, it's all about the volume of data as well. So FMCG, definitely. Um, I think insurance, there are some insurers, insurers um, getting it right from the finance perspective. Um, yeah, FMCG finance are the ones that, that stand out. I just want to talk about paid, own, and earned media. Uh, what does mm. this mean? Because very often, marketers just focus on the paid media. How does this impact measurement, your measurement framework or your scorecard? Yeah, well, you use the word impact, right? Um, yes. And I think that's, that's key. So I come from a performance background, and performance is all about paid. Um, and what so that's that's my lens but from what i've been exposed to i think we need to brands need to be looking at at the whole ecosystem and and starting with owned uh, i always i always talk about counter metrics so you'll have a you'll have a counter metric in paid we'll have a metric in paid um and then you you might have a counter metric that exists inside owned and when you start doing that because what paid owned and earned are doing is they've also created their own silos unintentionally but they're there and if you can get a if you can get a full view across those three mediums then then you're in a good place because you need to focus on the brand needs to focus on owned generating owned content then from there look at how that uh, plays out in paid to promote that owned content and then the next piece is earned. So, like, what are the conversations happening off that? What's, you know, what's driving share of voice? What's driving salience? Um, and that's why, again, I go back to marketing operations, because someone in marketing operations need to be, needs to be able to connect those three pieces all together from owned, paid, and earned. If you're promoting um, the owned, then, then you need to start tracking um, the, the conversation and the engagement of that, which speaks to um, how you how how a brand is is measuring up against salience. As an example, I'm a huge fan of of salience and mental availability um, because that's ultimately how brands how brands grow, um, or one piece of how brands how brands grow. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you a silly question: How would you hmm. define owned media? In terms of, so it's, it's, it's content, obviously it's your own content, right? It's your website. It's also content that, that you've created as a brand and you've put on, on platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you, you're in control of it. Um, the one way, you know, the one way I look at it is if you're able to get uh, data off it, um, then well, when I say data, I mean uh, you have, you have analytics off it because you'll have analytics inside LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and obviously Google Analytics or whatever analytics platform you're using on your website. For me, those are very basic versions of of, of earned. And yeah. um, in terms of digital metrics, I mean, you and I had this discussion. What would you say is the value of an impression? We know that not every impression is equal. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so you you you've obviously you would have heard me say and talk about salience, right? I want to just take a step back okay. and just, just give context to why we say not every impression is equal. So you're a cons you're a, you're a consumer, um, and you're wanting to buy a pair of running shoes, right? 
what what brand do you think of? Well, I, I am a loyal fan of Nike, so yeah. Okay, it's interesting. Ninety-five percent of people hmm. I ask that question worse than Nike, so they're really good at salience. So that's that's a measure of mental availability. That's salience, the memorability of a brand at the point of purchase. Now you go in store, you go onto an e-commerce store, you go in in, in a shop, brick and mortar shop, and then you go and look, and then you might come across an Adidas pair of shoes or, or a New Balance or whatever. And and then you might actually not buy the Nike, you might be, uh, buy another pair. They are ticking the box of acquisition. And so the brands you can do both are the ones that are going to grow. Now, I wanted to make that point because an impression, um, does an impression drive, or what type of impression drives salience? Now, then I ask another question. Can you remember the last five banner ads that you've seen i do because i go and actively go and check what competitors are doing on especially on uh, programmatic so i've got screenshots of banner ads from our competitors you're the anomaly (laughs) but but most will will say no from from the research and 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 that's why i say it's it's easy to buy an impression it's very difficult to make an impact off that in, that paid banner impression. What what really drives salience um, is is video views. So if you think of like you know YouTube or if you're on um, streaming platforms and there's and there's ads in between, there's a very good chance that the person will remember that video um, or that 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 ad, the TV ad. Um, so that's why we need to really rethink impressions. Um, and then you go into the earn space. So where, where I'm trying to land it is when someone's sharing um, content, right, um, with their friends or whoever within their network, there's a reason why they shared it. And, and that impression, the, the, the ripple effect of that is, a, is an earned impression. Now, that earned impression is way, in my opinion, and, and, and well, it's my opinion, but I see the data to back it up, is way more valuable than a paid impression. Um, so I guess where I'm going with, with the measurement framework is that should we really be looking at CPM and I use that as a, as a metric or even impressions, should we really be reporting on paid impressions and rather be focusing on video and what brands should be doing around video as an example. And then the paid side of it is really to drive earned impressions off that. So that's the paid, the, the paid media's job, uh, with content is to really figure out how to drive that's that content to get the most out of it to get the earn to drive conversation to understand what's happening around that campaign around in terms of um the conversation around it so for me that's why not every impression is 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 equally weighted um and i think we need to start getting our heads around that it's it's um funny you should say that because um the first thing i see in pta reports or monthly dashboards is this huge block that says how many impressions were served. Mm. And then when you see two, three, four million impressions, you're supposed to get excited, you know, that your campaign has done phenomenally (laughs) well because media has done its job. So, um, you know, what should marketers be looking for? I mean, you've mentioned the dashboard often in terms of data visualization. What should marketers be looking for in these types of dashboard? What is a valuable valuable metric 
or metrics? There's no, yeah, there's not one single metric. That's I think it's a culmination of things. I think I think the ability for me it's 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 the ability to make decisions. And I use what I've seen work well is a simple rag, red, amber, green. And I guess this also comes down to maturity of a brand or, or maturity of reporting is that it's one thing surfacing data. It's another thing setting targets, but you also need to be setting targets on the right metrics. If you're setting targets against the wrong metrics, then you're, you're, you're still not in a good spot. So first is to, to define those, those metrics, what they are, um, and then, and then think about how to visualize a red, amber, green. Are you doing well? Are you off target? Are you terrible? What can we do? Let's get all hands on deck to, to solve that. So in terms of the visualization piece, I think that's, that's really important. Um, I would say to find, to find the right metrics that are going to drive um, salience. And I talk about earned impressions. I talk about share voice as, as being another um, talk about even reach. I think reach is still good, but then the counter metric to reach is frequency and video duration because you don't want to have be reaching millions of people, but your video duration is really poor, as an example, or your frequency is very low. Like you need to have a certain threshold there. So uh, there's always a counter metric. Okay, so cost per view is out of the question, or should you be worried about <sighs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> Because I think it's I, don't I think it's see a cost your video see, duration often enough. Yeah, so cost 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 per view, what is it really? It all depends, right? I, for me, if you even if you've got a really cost per view, but your video duration is poor, it means nothing. For me, it's there's low value there. Um I would rather like I'd rather have a high cost per view with a high video duration. I, I you know, so like it's it's all about the video. Quality, for me, it's about yeah. it's the, it's it's competing for that attention. Mm. Like that's obviously there's optimizations around it, but um, I think uh, it's it's metrics that that speak to how to get the attention of the user. That's the consumer. That's that's the key piece. Yeah. Well, yeah. it all boils down to quality. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the question I wanted to ask you is, what is your opinion of benchmarks? Depends what you're benchmarking. I think benchmarking, I've worked, yeah, it's it's a common a common question. I prefer what I've seen. What what helps over the long term is actually just benchmarking against yourself on historical data because you always what happens is if you start benchmarking against stern or using external data sources, there's always going to be a a question mark. How accurate is that data in terms of other industries or your competitors? To some extent, I think there is data that is 100% accurate, but in most cases, um, the the data that you're getting, third-party data, wouldn't be as accurate as your own. So all you have to do, in my opinion, to keep it really simple, is I was, you know, keeping things simple is is critical, and that's why like momentum is key. Um, if you can benchmark yourself every quarter, every year, year on year, and showing improvement, you know, that for me alone is 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 making good impact. Um, so benchmarks I love. It just depends what you know where where you're getting that benchmark data from. Well, your answer's give it's getting a big thumbs up from me. If you're seeing me right because. now, I've got my thumbs up <laughs> for you because that's exactly yeah. what my belief is around benchmarking. Do not use industry benchmark as your proxy. You should be building your own because you have access to all your historical data. Mm. Yeah, it just opens up a can of worms when, when when dealing with senior stakeholders because then if yeah 
you get it. <laughs> yeah, and then to to just close off on that bit of the conversation, you kept on mentioning the CMO. And mm. at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, um, what is the role of C-suite? Uh, you know, not only what is the role of C-suite in all of this, but what is that mindset or mind shift that they need to take right now? Because I don't see C-suite actively involved in measurement. Um, and, and I may be wrong, you know, I, I don't want to use blanket statements when it comes to C-suite, but I do yeah. feel that there's a gap between the C-suite and the marketers in general in terms of um, accountability, measurement, transparency, building a culture of having the consumer in mind. Because at the end of the day, if you look at measurement and the, the principle behind it, everything goes back to the customer. Yes, exactly. So so your question is advice to, to, to C-suites. I would say my, my advice to C-suite is to, one is, is to, to not go after the the holy grail and expect everything to be solved straight away. Uh, and I talk a lot about marginal gains and the one percent rule. You know, one percent improve a one percent improvement. You know, over every week over a long period of time is is exponential. Um, so that's the one. I think in just getting getting practical, I think CMO or C suite CMOs need to understand two things it's it's audience and and creative um and when you have a, a good understanding of audience getting getting really good at at audience intelligence and and creative intelligence when you when you bring those two together and then that then says okay well what technology do we need to invest around that what type of people do we need to hire um to build up that to build up that knowledge is critical so Audience and 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 creative is for me is is priority, especially when you're moving into a world where where first party data is becoming so important. I think we were in a world where DMPs were were like the the big thing. I think now with 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 data privacy laws etc. CDPs uh, first party data is is becoming critical, and that can unlock audience audience understanding. Now you've opened the door to another topic for a whole new podcast conversation <laughs> here, Neil. So my question, <laughs> so I'm just thinking the so if you had to weight the the input of creative into the success of measurement, what weighting would you give it? Against audience. No, again, Ooh. so if if we look at measurement as a whole, and it's interesting that mm. you brought uh, creative into the mix, what weighting well, would you give it in terms of importance? Yeah, I, I think I think it's so for the, the one reason why a reason why creative is is key. One, it's tangible. You know, senior stakeholders can see it and they can feel it like they can see it in terms of if it's working or not because then you can align the right metrics to that creative so it's very tangible and um when when reporting on it that's like for me so you you're getting the interest and that's that's critical um so the weighting is is quite high for me because if you if you um putting out stale creative as an example 
um, you want to be able to, again, you used the word earlier, benchmark. Like what, what, what are you benchmarking yourselves against in terms of what does good look like? And there's a there's an easy way um, to benchmark yourself around competitor creative. So hugely, I'd say it's so it's so important because it's it's part of the adoption um, and that digital transformation process for me, because everyone understands creative. We might have all have different opinions on it, but that's why you have the data to back it up, whether or not it's, it's good or bad. Um, but creative is is a good entry point into into creating awareness of, of data. Now, completely agree. I mean, I would also give it a high weighting, like 40%, but that's me. Um, yeah, and and um, Yeah, and, and the fact that we don't do it as a discipline. So there's certain elements that you've spoken through this conversation this morning is around what is fundamental in terms of tracking measuring, having a proper naming taxonomy because there is guidelines and structure to putting all of this together. Um, so again, that is a totally another conversation. I know that you are heavily involved in training in the measurement and data space. Would you care to give our audience a little bit of context around that? Yeah, sure. Look, training training's in my DNA. I've, you know, been involved with training since early days, 20, 2010, 2011, co-founded, you know, a few NGO, an NGO around education. And so so it's close to the heart. I think um yeah, so as 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 measure about what I do is um I train around omnichannel measurement ROI, um, around what what you know, how do how do you integrate that into into businesses. We do team training. I think that's that's key. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the the key thing right now is to is to create awareness. So a, a lot of what you'll hear me if you you know follow me on LinkedIn, a lot of what you'll hear, see me say is 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 uh, data data literacy. So uh, data literacy in, in through a marketing lens, right? Um, so creating awareness, I always say creating awareness is key to be make, to make better decisions. Um, and that's what the training serves. Again, how can people get hold of you if they're interested in your service? Yeah, so LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can jump onto Google and just Google MeasureByte, measure B-Y-T-E and uh, find my website there. That would be the two easiest ways to find me. Okay. Thanks, Neil. I okay. For the conversation today and your time, I think this is such a hot topic right now. Um, hopefully in the future we can get you back and talk about some of the progress that's been made in South Africa. Yeah, would love to. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks for your time. Okay, cool. Take care. Okay. Bye. Yeah, cheers. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.